0: Hello and welcome to Saladcast. For myself, Ollie Warner, and Glen Price. Hi, Glen. How are you doing? I'm all right. Ollie, how are you, mate? I'm very good, thanks. I'm good. Um, so um, this week, um, I'm recording from Dartmouth. So we're continuing our um, yeah geographical spread in terms of recording the pod. Um, so I didn't make the game on Saturday. I made a decision to come down a bit earlier, but obviously you were at the game, Glen. Um, yeah. So you can obviously share your thoughts there. Um, and yeah, I hear you had a bit of an interesting shout out here um, from one yeah. of our. Um, exile fans, so yeah, I'll kind of let you let you share that.
1: Yeah, so while well, you were obviously down in down south sunning yourself, because it was quite a nice day on Saturday, wasn't it? I was at the match as usual, and um, yeah, I had an interesting conversation with a guy sitting in front of me, um, he had a sort of northern accent, turned out he was from uh, Warrington, um, and he, he turned around, and the first thing he said was, are you the guys that do the podcast? And it was to me and my brother, and uh, I said, oh yeah, how do you know they were there? And he, he gave me this story about his son who um, had, had sort of spotted us last time for recognising my voice, which was quite weird. But his son, um, who I'm going to give a shout-out to, was a guy called Mike Gregg, who, is, who runs, a, I think, a, a cafe out in... Norway of all places which is quite interesting and his dad started telling me the tale of how he plays the Shusby Town commentaries live from the BBC website to this cafe when the games are on and also he plays our podcast into this cafe as well which is quite an interesting thing isn't it Ollie to know that we've got people out in Norway listening so um, yeah I thought I'd give him a shout out because he's obviously an exiled Shusby Town fan he's getting his sort of uh, sort of fan base opinions from us and, and sort of trying to listen to it and said he sort of thought it was quite good so it's it nice to hear that we've got fans abroad Ollie.
0: Yeah no it's good to see it's, um, it's always interested us both as we look at the stats, don't we? And we get listens from all over the place. Mm. But um, yeah, no, it was a nice little story. It's, it's always nice to chat to people at the football as well, isn't it? So it's always good to have that kind of social interaction. So that was cool. Yeah, it was.
1: His dad was a really nice guy as well. And, and he said that he's, he's sort of out there on a mission to sort of get us a fan base within Norway. So fair play to you, Mike, for doing that. So I thought to help his cause, Ollie, I, I went on to Google Translate and translated a little bit of text into Norwegian. So I'm going to play that into the podcast now and I'll tell you what it says in a minute.
0: Hey, Norske Shrewsbury Town supporter of BN.
1: So, Ollie, That is Norwegian for... um, Hello, Shoesby Town. Norwegian Shoesby Town fans... Up the town, so <laughs> hopefully that'll help him on his mission to recruit some Norwegian Shrewsbury Town fans, and we might get we might get him coming over one day like the Sweden Shrews do. So yeah, it, it was a lovely bloke, his dad, and uh, yeah, fair play. We've got an exile out there doing the doing the good work for Shrewsbury Town, and I thought it was a uh, quite an interesting, nice way to start the podcast.
0: Cool. So should we get into the the get into the the body of the pod? So we have got two games to cover this week. So the the Valentine's um, Day defeat to Peterborough, <laughs> and then obviously yep. the home victory to to AFC Wimbledon. So um, yeah, let's go into the games.
1: They have another corner. A second in quick succession here it comes from Tolly Tinson's in there good break for Dobby yeah! and he scores Dwayne Derby hammers the ball into the roof of the net all the shot couldn't deal with a corner and it's Derby for Shrewsbury Town.
0: So, on um, the 14th of Feb, um, Shrewsbury lost 2-1 to Peterborough. Um, low attendance, actually, at Peterborough, um, just over 4,000 um, for a Tuesday night game. Mm. Um, Shrewsbury um, did take the lead um, for a penalty from Humphrey, um, but unfortunately, he was a bit of a silly boy and got sent off <laughs> on the 55th minute, um, which completely swung the game um, against Shrewsbury. Um, so, in terms of the team, so there's a couple of changes actually. Um, so up front, Dodds and Humphreys came in um, for Roberts and Ladipo. Ladpo had a bit of a hamstring injury. I think Roberts was rested. Um, yeah. And in the place of injured a go-go, um, Morris came in. Um, the back four was the same as normal. Um, Louvaila, um, Riley, Nasala, Sadler and Brown. Rodman on the wing, Wally on the wing again. So it's nice to have that kind of consistency we're seeing from the, the team. But um, yeah, a bit of freshing up in terms of we've had, had quite a few gains recently. So into the game, so um, a deliberate handball by the Peterborough fallback. Um, I don't know if you've seen that. Glenn. it looked like it was definitely a handball to me.
1: Yeah, it did, it did look like that. Didn't it on the highlights? It was one. It was one of the first things shown. I mean, before that, it was a lot of chances for Peterborough, wasn't there, Ollie? You know, it looked like they were well on top. And I, I listened to it on the radio. I don't quite don't know where you were last week, but um, it didn't sound like we played all, all too well. As the summary of it, you know, we, we we had good spells, but in general, it was Peterborough's game, and we we did well to go one 0 up, really. And yeah. It, Cross across to the back post, wasn't it? And the guy jumped up to try and... I can't remember the strike was. I think it was Dodds, wasn't it? He was trying to win the header against and sort of hand went up, looked totally deliberate. And yeah, Stonewall penalty. I don't think anyone was really complaining.
0: Um, up to that point... Um They had a lot of chances, and when we did score, the commentator on Shrews' player did say it was an unlikely lead, um, which I think (laughs) is probably quite fair, actually. Um, It wasn't the best penalty in the world, was it? It,
1: No, low straight of the keeper, wasn't it? And um, he sort of dived over it a little bit, to be honest with you. And um, I think when you're looking for your first goal at a new club, you you know, and you present it with an opportunity like that, which, which Humphreys obviously had, you know, took the chance and. Put town one nil up, and um, yeah, it, it, it looked like it was going all right then, didn't it? Maybe that would have been the tide turning, but obviously things cons- <laughs> conspired against us later on. One of the things I would say from watching the highlights and having talked to, I, I talked to one of the lads who was there. I'll bring it up a bit in a bit, but um, it, you know, Luke made a lot of good saves in the first half as well. So we're going to probably spend a bit of time talking about Luke for other reasons, but should be noted that in the first half, again, like at Scunthorpe, he made some really vital saves at good times. Um, again, kicking was probably an issue, but we should just say that really.
0: I would agree with that from what I saw and also um, what was your view on the sending off
1: well, I, I I spoke to a friend of ours who we used to play for with, for the away was Andy Davis, who's one of the um, well, sort of co he used to be the co-commentator for web but they've started taking the the radio structure yeah. commentary now, haven't they? So, um, yeah, I think he sits it. You know, good old Andy he still gets his press pass. <laughs> he doesn't want to pay to go and watch the football, so he sneaks in there every week. But um, yeah, I met him in the pub before the game on Saturday, and um, he was giving me a bit of his view of what happened for it, and and I've watched the replay, and I I, I can see why he said it. It's just if if a player, you know, he, he he had his back to the ball when the ball hit him, didn't he? Retreating from the ball. Um, but in all seriousness if you watch the highlights he'd approach the ball and had tried to block that free kick being taken quickly now if that was someone against us i'd have been screaming for a yellow card as well ollie and i don't know what you think about it but i know i don't really think he's got much of a leg to stand on with has he
0: no nothing at all and one of our players tells him to kind of put, um, slow them down um, and he follows that instruction ah, okay. he should have known he's got a yellow um and yeah he was a bit foolish wasn't it and hurst mm. and um And that can argue as much as they want, but I think he's probably watched back and thought, silly lad. Um, And yeah, we move on, I guess. Um, yeah in terms in terms of me following this game I followed the game on, on Twitter following Lewis um, Lewis Cox oh, right, okay. um, in the pub just quickly joking as uh, we went out for Valentine's Day so yeah so obviously it seemed to be as soon as um, we went down to 10 men um, it just seems like the floodgates opened and it was only a matter of time mm. um, that they were going to score and 71st and, and 78th minute and they took the lead and yeah I think that was it really wasn't it game over a um, bit just disappointing really
1: the first goal was a bit of a I didn't like to see that really. A bit more flapping from Lutweiler, wasn't it? Right on his line, sort of yep. cornering, sort of headed into the top corner. It looked like, I don't know who was on the post, but it looked like they sort of got in each other's way, Lutweiler and the defender. So that wasn't too great to see, but um, he took a few two, a few knocks for that, didn't he? Um, despite the saves in the first half. It, one of the things I was going to say about Humphrey getting sent off as well is that first tackle he made for his first yellow, that was in the highlights. It looked like a pretty strong challenge. Like, you know, there was a yeah, few, was. few sort of Peterborough fans shouting for a red then. So yeah, he had an interesting game, didn't he? And obviously... The first goal, yeah, as you said, to get one one was a bit flapping. It didn't look too good, and then the second goal, I, I looked at that and I thought Dodds got done a little bit too easy before the cross. Um, it looked like it was he, he sort of got turned one way, then the other, and then got turned again, and sort of looked like he kind of just had, had got lost then, and across to the back post. Headed in, it wasn't too much anyone could do about that one, was there? So, just unfortunate to lose it, you know, so late in the game. You know, only seven minutes between the goals, and didn't sound like we had too many clear cut chances after that. And as you say, yeah, another loss. But we had talked about this in the podcast last week about Peterborough being a free hit, hadn't we, Ollie? So, you know, having beaten Scunthorpe, we wouldn't have been too worried to lose that one. Um, Just a bit frustrating the way it happened, I guess. Really, when we'd got the got the goal and were ahead.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. It's um, it it was a bit. It was a free hit, wasn't it? You know, the form we're on at the moment, um, and. yeah, going away to a fairly decent side. Um, uh, you know, a point would have been fantastic. I think when we took the lead, I think I was just hopeful that we were you know, this form was just going to go on. But mm. yeah, I guess it just brought us back down to earth. And yeah, even even with that defeat, we were still top of the form table yeah. going into the AFC Wimbledon game. So in terms of, um, I put a bit of a shout out on Facebook, um, got a couple of responses in terms of top three. Um, Busy was on form and came in really quickly. So Busy's top three for this game was Toto, Wally and Deegan. Uh, and then a gentleman called John Bailey um came in with Warley, Luke Fila and Brown. Um uh, so a few defenders in there, yeah. <laughs> um both of them, defense midfielder, defender. And Worley does seem to be doing well, doesn't he? I've missed the last two games. But um he's definitely um been um full of confidence at the moment and full of running and yeah it'd be interested to get your view on um, Wally, um in the afc wimbledon game so yeah that was the the peter game. i don't know if there's anything else to say no for extra to say there Gleam. just
1: quite in- interesting that it was busy that gave us his top three because um one of the other stories that andy uh, andy davis told me is he, he actually took his uh his girlfriend oh sorry his girlfriend his wife actually i went to the wedding i should remember that um he took his wife to peterborough on valentine's day so i don't think he won any points for it but apparently at half time they bumped into busy and he said something uh, a rather off colour comment to them that slightly ruined Valentine's Day, so there we go. It's all good. busy's had a bit of an interesting week, hasn't he? <laughs> Considering he, he has got, had an interesting week, thrown out of at the, at the Wimbledon game for all sorts of stuff. But there we go. Who knows what's going on? But yeah, I just thought it was quite funny that he was involved in the story that I got told at the pub. Anyway, so yeah, that that was the end of it. As I say we didn't we didn't really do too much damage, did we? The way some of the other results went on Tuesday, it didn't really move us around in the table too much. The gap kind of stayed, stayed pretty similar, didn't it? So. All in all, we, yep. it looked like a bit of a bump in the road to me, and then obviously we had the chance to put things right against a team that were pretty much struggling in Wimbledon. So yeah, we'll, we'll move on to that. Really, do you want to just give us a brief outline of that game, Ollie?
0: Yep. So, um, so a nice um, Saturday, um, f- springs in the air, daffodils it are was, popping up. Yeah. Um, and um, Shrewsbury uh, managed to um, claw a um, 2-1 um, victory after what felt like it was going to be a draw listening mm. to the last. My girlfriend, bless her, is very intolerant of my Shrewsbury <laughs> parent addiction. Um, walking round Dartmouth with the Shrews player in one ear as we went around with a dog, bouncing um, <laughs> up and down when we scored. So that was quite funny. Um, so the attendance was um, 5,700. There was 318 um, Wilden fans. Um, so I saw there was an offer but the attendance still hasn't gotten over that magic 6,000 number uh. still quite short sure of that so that was a bit frustrating mm. but in terms of team selection. So, um, Yates came in, um, for, rather than Morris. Um, Deegan, Rodman, Brown, Sadler, Toto, Riley, Luke Weiler again, Wally again, um, and Roberts and Ladipo, um, our lethal strike partners, um, returned exactly. to the side.
1: Yeah, it was good to have him back.
0: So, yeah, so, Glyn, interesting stat before we kind of go into the game. I, I heard um, on the shoes play that um, Wimbledon had never won in Shropshire and still haven't. Wow. So, that's quite an interesting um, quite an interesting stat. Um, I'm not sure whether that's AFC Wimbledon or whether that's MK. And AFC Wimbledon um, combined, yeah. but still, um, it's a good record to have, um, and hopefully that will that will stay in, in in force for a long time to come.
1: You'd have thought they would have come across Telford at some point, wouldn't you? And they would have beaten them because Telford lose yeah. everyone over the last five years. So maybe <laughs> maybe Telford must have beaten them when they were sort of going up, and they were and Telford were going back down. But there we go. Um, yeah, but I don't. You know, they've not beaten us yet. So yeah, that's, that's when we kept that record going, haven't we? So. Yeah, fantastic, and then yep. you know, what, what, how long have they been around for? It must be like 10, 10 years now, maybe a bit longer than that. So, yeah, yeah
0: it's more than good Ten going. years, isn't it? It is good going. So, so you made this game. Were you in the back in the um, in the West Stand um, for this game, Glenn, or were you in the family stand again?
1: No, I, I dispensed with children this week. Thankfully, they've just been ruining this <laughs> podcast by playing with the microphone before I started recording it. So, um, the, yeah, they're upstairs quite. So, no, I was back in back in the West Stand, back with the, the lads and uh, in in the mix of Block Seventeen. So, yeah, it was it was an interesting game, Ollie. I think I, I've written quite a lot of notes here that you've been able to read through and. You know, I think it's fair to say, on summary of what we heard about Peter Brown on this game on Saturday, that we've not been at our best in the last two games, um, and we've basically sort of been second best, you could, you could say. But we've got three points out of two games we've not played well in, so you've got to look at that as a as a pretty big positive. And on the context of Saturday, did we deserve to win? Probably not. Wimbledon were pretty good, to be fair. They missed a lot of chances, and then they got on top of us in, in the first and second half for a long period of time. So, yeah, winning when you're playing badly is a big sign of a team that's getting out of trouble, isn't it, I think?
0: Yeah, it's interesting. Um, well, I was potentially going to use this quote um, but um, at the end of the pod, but I'll use it now um, to maybe a bit of context. But um, um, Neil Ardley was saying that um, he thought that they should have won the game. Um, yeah, they yeah. said they played really well and they'd lost. Um, and watching on the highlights, it looked like they did have... the. A lot more chances than we did. Um, there's a few poor chances in Salah, but mm. yeah. So, um, so how did we start? Was it was there a good tempo to the to the team, or was it a little bit a little bit dour?
1: Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't a great start. I say they they got on top of the game early. I think for the first half, they they were basically the better team for the first half of the first half, and we got back into it in the second half of the first half. But yeah, they they got on top, and we we struggled to get to the pattern of the game we've been playing at home recently. You know, more front foot football, attacking football, and and. You know, getting the wingers involved as much. Riley, um, Rodman and Wally didn't really see that much of the ball in the first fifteen, twenty minutes. Um, and Lopardo and Roberts were pretty isolated. We really were penned back, and they had a series of reasonably good chances. And, and they had a lot of corners in the last in the first ten minutes as well, which we had to defend. And the defenders did well getting rid of them. But it was a lot of pressure and, and putting bodies on the line. And it, you know, it was just interesting that we've not—I don't think we've started a home game like that for quite a while now, since maybe we played Fleetwood that was probably the other bad performance wasn't it but um, we, we managed to stop them from scoring in that first 20 minutes so that was that was the key really and um, yeah it, was, it wasn't the greatest start
0: so, um, It's, I guess um, the form has been fantastic and I guess it, we were going to come up, um, stuck eventually and I guess almost, um, did we say that we missed a go-go was, I think go-go was a yeah. missing chemist um, from, the, from the team?
1: Yeah so I mean I've, I've got, to, we could talk about Yates later on but it's, you know, whether we do it now or not while we're running through the game I might come back to Yates but yeah, we, we definitely missed a go-go um, to me, I, I, I've, I've got some thoughts on Yates, and we'll say we'll come back to that. But I think he might be more of an attacking player. Yates being being sort of not forced, but saying yeah. come come in and do a job in a more defensive performance. You know, covering what the sort of thing that um, a Goga would do, which is interesting because that Morris that we've got on loan seems to be a more defensive midfielder. So it was interesting that he never played. But yeah, we can talk about Yates and his performance later on. But yeah, he didn't he didn't impress me all that much. If I'm perfectly honest with you, but there were people who were impressed by him. So. That was interesting. I think as as the half wore on, though, one of the more obvious things that came out of the game, Ollie, was the bloody referee. Um, he was one of the worst we've had at home this season, and, and I know we've had a lot of bad refs this season, but he was just um, one of those referees that was just poor for both teams, and he made a lot of bad decisions. And there were times where he just wasn't wasn't really watching the play. I think his name's Kevin Johnson. I don't don't really remember us having him before, but. Um, yeah, I, I kind of put in the agenda. My God, where to start? You know, he he pulled us back when we were going on a break because a player would run into the post. It Clearly, wasn't a head injury. Everyone could see it, but he stopped. He stopped one of our counter attacks doing that. He was really bad with the advantage for both teams. Sometimes he'd let things go. Sometimes he'd call it back, and it was almost always the wrong decision. Um, he he did give them pretty much all the decisions in the first half. It was a very disjointed, unbalanced performance from the referee. I think. Um, he missed Fowls fouls. fouls. He, R- Roberts got clogged right near the end of the first half. And he was literally about like two foot away from it. But he wasn't He wasn't watching the play. He was literally randomly staring upfield. Um, and he was just one of those refs that wanted to be centre of attention. He was over-official. You know, officious, I think is the word, isn't it? He was just very pedantic. And it yeah. was just, you know, look at me, look at me kind of thing. And it was. it was just... It was annoying, and the worst thing was Wimbledon got to grips with it more than we did we They played the game whenever they went down with a little foul, you could hear their players sort of shouting out and screaming, whereas we were sort of you know getting frustrated with it and, and that then and the referee would give it something else against it, and the crowd were getting annoyed and yeah, it was just it was just very poor from the referee and it continued for the whole game. Obviously he made some decisions later on that went our way, but in general his performance was pretty bad.
0: Yeah, Hurst I mentioned this um, at the end of the, in the post-match interview. Um, he was saying that him and Neil Arley were both confused by some of the decisions. <laughs> um, We've got both managers both agreeing that the referee's a bit yeah um, yeah it's um, it does question and yeah um, BBC Shropshire um, were, were mentioning it as well mm. and um, sounds like he ruined uh, ruined what could have been a potentially a bit of a better game but yeah. um, I guess um, yeah I guess that's the way it goes sometimes one thing they did mention and one thing that um, Hurst mentioned that the f- crowd reacted to um, was the corners so can you, what, can <laughs> you share what was happening with all these different corners
1: yeah so I think I think I've read in your notes there on that they'd worked on corners this week and I put on Twitter during the game that they clearly had worked on corners this week because 'cause they were trying all sorts of random things. And they were none the first three corners we had, one of them was like this weird Sort of low trajectory ball into the box, which Wally literally just passed straight to one of their players. The next one, all our players clustered like miles out of the box, like away from the goal, and they all like ran in on these different like angles, and they did a few of these type corners, and all of them Ollie were really bad, and people were just saying it was like the worst succession of corners that I've, I've ever seen. You know, we had a bad corner the other week, didn't we? But like to have three or four corners, which were just a total waste of good chances, and considering we actually scored our winning goal from a corner direct to the back post to a big player, it doesn't does it really need to be more? complicated than that at the moment you know I think that you know having having to work on corners and set pieces in training is all good but you know when they don't come off like they did on Saturday I don't know is it counterproductive must be a little bit why do you think
0: they were I've got an opinion on why I think they were maybe doing that Um, what what was your view why do you think they were doing um, these different corners
1: I honestly don't know. I suppose you obviously need more more sort of different approaches from corners in your Arsenal because you're, you're always sort of trying to play different teams or defend things differently, you know, man marking, zonal marking. You know, might I play a, a team that's got tall centre backs or short centre backs. So I, I can understand why you need to have some different approaches in there. But, you know, we haven't been that bad from corners since Hurst took over. We've scored a few goals from corners, haven't we? And they've been more direct. That's been more as a result of the fact we've got a bit more height in the team. But. Yeah, I don't know. Why do you think they started doing
0: it? Um, I think it's because they're a big side. Yeah. Uh, maybe he thought that um, only really Toto's got any height ab- among him. Obviously, Rodman's not too. Yeah, I'm um, short. Um, but maybe thought we had to try and do something different try and take advantage of those opportunities. But um, it's rather ironic, isn't it, that you have this plan um, to um, try and counteract their height. And yeah, this, a simple classic corner is the one that um, yeah gets the ball in the back of the net.
1: Yeah, but none of the corners we took were like short corners. And then to to knock, to knock a second cross in or work it in there, they were just like these weird weird they were just you know strange the sort of thing that we never see at the meadow do you know what I mean so yeah, they mm-hmm. didn't they didn't work unfortunately and, and you know that was for our few chances when we did get forward we did generate a couple of corners and we seemed to waste them which was a bit of a frustration but um, yeah we we were sort of still riding our luck with Wimbledon they were keeping creating chances and eventually the first sort of moment of the game came and we had a goal disallowed I don't know if you I think the highlights don't show it but um, it was for me it was rightly disallowed it was a sort of long shot from Rodman and Yates got in there but he was well offside by the look of it even though I was down the other end of the pitch and no one really moaned about it on the town side so I don't think it was too much to complain about with that one.
0: No, it looked like um, from the extended highlights, it looked like he was offside. Um, it looked like, um, and the linesman flagged pretty quickly, didn't he? So yeah. Um, yeah, no one really complained, and we moved on. And so I guess that was the end. Is there anything else really to mention this from the first half?
1: Yeah, there was another sort of half chance we had where a sort of a Don's defender headed it back, um, and it fell to Roberts, and he did a nice little reverse pass to Lapardo, and, and he almost got in there first to have the shot, but I think the defender kind of got there and. And put him off. So that was that was a bit unfortunate. There was obviously Riley's injury, which is unfortunate, Ollie, because our best play probably came through him towards the end of the half before it went pop. Um, he was doing really well with the overlaps with Wally, um, but yeah, he was chasing the long ball down, and, it, and his in his hamstring seemed to just go. And the referee again was a total moron at that point in time. Instead of letting him go off or even getting a stretcher, he made him walk get off the side of the pitch. And then obviously with a with a clear hamstring injury that he was going to get substituted for, um, was trying to make him walk around the side, walk around all the way around the pitch. So yeah, that referee he was he was an idiot. So that's going to be unfortunate for missing Riley for a period of time because obviously hamstring injuries can be pretty problematic, can not
0: they? Yeah, they certainly can. Um, they certainly can. And yeah, he's been. Doing well, at least. I guess we have do have a backup with Grimmer, but yes. I've been very impressed with Riley in the last few weeks. Um, so, in terms of the summary of the first half, would you say who who edged it?
1: Well, I think they still edged it. To be honest with you, I think I mean, Dom Smith came on and he was a little bit shaky to start when when Riley went off, and then towards the end of the of the of the first half, obviously they had two absolutely golden chances. One where they had a long shot, that hit the upright and the bar, and then another one where they just literally after that moment they turned it back into the box and there was no one there to turn it home. So at that point in time, we were pretty lucky to not be one or maybe maybe two nil two nil behind. And obviously then they had a goal disallowed as well, which. On first evidence, looked quite harsh to me. You know, the striker just seemed to be more powerful than our defender, and he headed at home. And, and considering how bad the referee had been and all the grief he got off town fans, he suddenly did us a massive favour. So that got us out of jail. So, yeah, in, in summary, you know, we, we came back into it in the second half. We didn't create too many clear cut chances but um, in the first half, sorry. But, yeah, I think we were the happier team to be going in at nil 0. They would definitely have been more frustrated about it than us.
0: Yeah, and we came out for the second half. How did that start?
1: Um, pretty similar. Again, they they got on top. <laughs> Obviously, as Neil Ardley was saying, that he he thought they should have won. It was fairly obvious that they were on top. Um, they had another good chance in the first fifteen minutes, which they headed onto the bar, and then that fell down, and the rebound was was sort of falling to one of their players, and he somehow missed it. And again, we were just hanging on in there at times. Um, and then all of a sudden, we got a free kick um, from a, from a nice little burst forward for one of our sort of rare breaks and uh, Roberts decided he was going to take it and yeah, it was 1-0 town and you've seen the highlights of that it's pretty bad deflection for Wimbledon wasn't it? The keeper looked a right more on at first but it did take a bigger deflection we first noticed
0: Yeah, I was surprised when I watched the highlights because um, on the radio um, must have been the angle they were listening to um, listening to <laughs> the angle they were watching it and yeah. um, the game um, they um, said it was a fantastic free kick <laughs> um, but, yeah, when I watched the highlights back it was clearly took a um, massive deflection um, the goalkeeper did that really funny thing where he dived in you realize he wasn't doing it, so, he kind of like just flopped over to the side, which yeah. I thought was quite funny. Um, but yeah, I guess it was um, he took the had it was a decent effort, obviously. Um, you know, it was just clipped the top of the wall, um, which is a bit unfortunate, but at least he had the confidence to have a go, and um, yeah, we were one, one nil up, but it didn't last very long, did it?
1: No, it didn't, to be fair. I say with that goal, it was it literally went right in the centre of the goal, where the keeper had been standing, and you've you got to be mad as a keeper when that happens, you might as well just stood there and took it, but yeah, it didn't last too long, they literally came right back at us, you know, that our goal really sort of annoyed them, because they'd been playing so well, it was one of those ones of like, oh, damn it, and they, they roared back at us, and they had a half chance, and then obviously... A couple of minutes after that, they had a sort of a chance where it fell from one of our defenders. I think it sort of just fell nicely for him. He took one of the Wimbledon players took a touch, fired it in our goal. Now on Saturday, everyone was raging at Lutwiler because it sort of went in right at the bottom left-hand corner of the goal, and he sort of looked like he dived over it. But it looked really slow the shot to us in the ground on Saturday it was like I could have saved that I could have saved that now it still doesn't look good on the replay but the shot looks slightly faster i don't know if someone had sped it up but it looks slightly harder to save on the replay than it did on Saturday but either way you have expected look wild to save it in all honesty um it was a bit of a bit of a bit of a Bit of a shocker considering he had one in the last game as well. So um, that wasn't ideal to get us back to 1-1. But yeah, what did you make of Le Wilder? Did you think it was quite as hard as I think it probably looked on the replays or not?
0: No, it was poor. <laughs> um, he was really soft. Um, he made a mistake in the Peter game. I thought the first goal was his mistake when yeah. he flapped at it. Um, and here again, um, you know, he, and you can tell from his own reaction. So he, he stands yeah. up, he's clearly annoyed um, with himself. Uh, I think it was soft and poor and... Um, while Viler has been a great servant, this week has kind of highlighted why Hurst was looking for a new goalkeeper. Mm. The mm. rumours, if the rumours are to be tru- to, um, to trusted, um, he was trying to sign the Grimsby goalkeeper. So, uh, not going to slate viler He's been a great servant and saved more points than he's lost. But yes. yeah, um, that was a bit of, put us under pressure there. And I think if we hadn't got the winner, I think we would be blaming viler there for for dropping um, three points. Yeah. Um, but yeah so that was and it's a bit of a shame really it was took we that happened so quickly so we took the lead and then quite quickly um yeah. we um, we lost it but I guess it shows um, our mentality that we we carried on going and um, yeah we got the winner in the end. But yeah, we certainly didn't give up. Yeah, there was a gap, bit of a gap, obviously between when we scored second, because um, and so they scored and um, they equalised in the 68 minute and then we scored the winner in extra time. So yeah, um, how did the game kind of pan out um, after they'd scored?
1: Yeah, so uh, yeah, it it was obviously the goal went in and it was one one and it got really nervy in the ground, really did. It felt it felt like a huge game on Saturday, already and the crowd it was was quite loud and boisterous, but it. Sometimes it was really positive, and sometimes it was that sort of nervous energy that you get when you're playing in a game. People were starting to see the results. There was a lot of draws, and, and a few of the teams down the bottom were losing. So you know, getting a win would have been would have been massive. But yeah, there was that there was that nervousness. It wasn't negativity. It was just nervousness, I think. Um, so the game the game went on. There was a really good moment that you would have loved, um, where Toto made this huge sliding tackle. It was like he came from another postcode. Honestly, he, he slid in from about twenty yards away, by the look of it, and he, he perfectly won the ball. If, if he would got it even. Uh, a millimetre or two other way, he would have been a corner. It would have been a penalty, and it would have been a red card as well, probably, because it looked like he was last man. And that that got the crowd revved up a little bit after the goal had gone in. Um, and then you know we we actually had a bit more of an attack in the last sort of ten fifteen minutes. They still had a lot of chances, um, but yeah, we really gave it a go. But we started to tire towards the end, and it did look like it was going to be one one, and and Don's were going to get away with a point, or even you know me the ones that nicked it. So yeah, it, it was. Uh, it was it was a bit interesting, and then obviously yeah, it was it, they kept going right to the end, um, and yeah, it was it was a good goal really. But that's what I was saying about the corners: just put a corner in and find Toto, and you've got a good chance every week. And he, he took it really well. He actually didn't head it straight; he, he took a little bit off it and sort of aimed it into the corner, which was which was a lovely finish from from the goal. So. Yeah, you, you've seen the highlights again, haven't you, Wally? So what was your reading? What did you make of the finish? Because it went mental when we scored.
0: Yeah, it was, it was a really nice corner. Perfectly, you know, really good corner from Wally. So that was nice. And um, yeah, it was a really good, um, good header. He... Um, directed it into the opposite corner yeah, from which way it came so no it was really good fa- fair play to him and um, he's been close a few times hasn't he in the last few weeks um, yeah it was the last home game as well Liam he, um, he had he nearly scored um, and it was cleared off the line so no fair play to him and um, yeah I was jumping up and down going mad <laughs> um, on this um, park we were letting the, the dog and actually the um my iPhone and came out my pocket and the headphones came off and um, yeah, it was quite funny.
1: Um, <laughs> I bet people thought, "What's that lunatic over there doing?"
0: Exactly, yeah. So, <laughs> so that was quite funny. But also, um, I was been a bit cheeky as well. I also put a, a bet on for um, Tyler Roberts to score at any time and Sheffield oh, nice. to win two-one. Oh. So, um, so from a four-pound bet, I won seventy-six quid. So that was quite a nice um, sweetener as well. So yeah. yeah, I'm doing all right with those little yeah, I was say bets. That the that's the
1: second one you've won in the last few weeks, isn't it? To be fair, so is, there we yeah. go. Fair play, Ollie. You should you should be well ahead in the predictions. You know. Only four points ahead. You should be better than that. So um, that was obviously the goal that went in, and that was that was two one then. But it was still quite a bit of time went on. I think you know, even though it was just into injury time, there was still four minutes of injury time, and it probably dragged on to maybe maybe five and a half. Um, and there was, there was still time for it Lutweiler got absolutely smashed by the big centre forward from Wimbledon um, then literally the next attack after they got the ball back from the centre um, they put a ball into the box and he got really hammered but he was brave to go into it to be fair Lutweiler he, he sort of came came off his line a little bit um, and there was a booking for the MK striker because so that killed a bit of time and then actually from that point onwards we did it the other week didn't we? I can't remember who was against but we played out the injury time really well again we got in the corner um, I think Payne had come on by that point he was pretty impressive when he came on to kill the game off um, and he just took it in the corner, held it up, him and Roberts, and, and um, I think he was being ably assisted by the midfielders, they were just knocking off players for throw-ins, or holding it in the corner, and, and we didn't, you know, we didn't really have any threats really during that injury time. So again, we're getting good at killing games off now. And when you're winning games by the odd goal here and there, that's the sort of skill that you need to keep up, isn't it? So I think Hurst has obviously has obviously worked on them in that sort of last five-minute period about how you kill a game off, and that seems to be paying off, I think.
0: Yeah, it's an interesting, um, interesting comment there. Um, I was going to mention um, something on this vein as well. Um, in my... Um, I tweeted, um, t- tweeted, text, um, BBC Shropshire, um, and then Mark Ellett used my um, tweet, uh, my, t- my tweet, my text... <laughs> um, to um yeah. as a bit of a conversation point. And and um I mentioned that um, I don't think we'd have won that game, were we? Um under the start of Hurst's reign before we had the chance to kind of change the philosophy and the kind of mindset in the club and definitely probably even lost that game under Mellon um, so yeah it just shows how you know how the how the mentality has changed in the team
1: I think it's right because even though we weren't great and we, you know no one's going to say that we played spectacularly on Saturday you, you can't say their heads ever dropped even after the equaliser which we, was happening a lot wasn't it when we were playing as poor as we were earlier this season their heads never dropped and they did keep going you know there was a lot of you know, I'm saying they didn't play well. The specifics are passing was a bit off. We just didn't really drive on as much as we did. And Wimbledon played well, you know, to be fair to Wimbledon. They've been on a bad run by the seams of it. But if they play like that, I can't see them getting dragged down into the relegation trouble unless they get that unlucky every week. So, um, yeah, there were a lot of reasons as to why we played poorly, not just our players, but also because we were playing against some pretty good, quick young lads who they had, to be honest with you. They looked they look quite good. So that was that. And then obviously, yeah, we held it in the corner and then that was the final whistle. And, and one thing I did, Ollie, is I recorded the actual final whistle and the audio on my phone at the end of the game and it's quite it's quite nice to listen to because it gives anyone that wasn't there that real feeling of how much pressure and sort of relief and just elation there was at the end of the game so again I'm going to play that in now Ollie and uh, yeah we can we can just move on then from then oh, yeah, yeah. that sounds good Ollie doesn't it that sounded like you know it, it's been yeah, it the last does. few weeks when we win you know everyone going pretty mental and it was a real good atmosphere at the end Every, a lot of people had run down the front and were sort of cheering and celebrating with, with the players and you know the players sort of did a lap of honour which was quite interesting and Hursty came over right over to the west stand and got a massive round of applause and there was chanting and even people staying behind in the south stand and cheering and supporting the players rather than just buggering off home so it was a real another you know another step of of sort of on the road to prom- uh, promotion, geez, I wish another step on the road to safety, and um, yeah, and it felt it felt huge again. And then again, we started looking at the results and seeing how it all went, and it's. You know the gap wasn't much bigger to to the last relegation place, was it? But to have an eight point cushion now to the bottom three, that's fantastic at this stage of the season, now, isn't it?
0: It is, um, it is. And it, but the thing that's really frustrating, I, I'm having um, most weeks now, I'm chatting with my berry my berry friends because obviously it's really close down there, and they had another good result. Yeah. Um, but it's really um, surprising when we look at the league table that you know we're on this fantastic run of form, and it is utterly <laughs> yeah. fantastic. And the, and you would have thought, wouldn't you? That you know, if you hadn't looked to the te- if you haven't looked at the league table for the last few weeks, you'd think that would be you know there'd be a huge gap. But in terms of the actual, even not even the relegation zone. So you've got so the relegation zone is obviously tw- um, tw- um, four um, teams below Barry. So Barry twentieth, and then above them are Oldham and Gillingham, and then the Shrewsbury. And um, so we've got thirty eight points, Gillingham and thirty five, Oldham thirty five. Berry thirty four and Port Vale, who are in the relegation zone, both in yeah. thirty four, so we're only four points away, which is it just shows you know if we hadn't had this um, rich vein of form, we'd st- we'd be still in the relegation zone. So oh, while. Um, obviously it's a shame there isn't that big a gap and you're right to point out that yeah, Swindon and Chesterfield and Coventry are kind of cut adrift a bit now, aren't they? Mm. Um, with a four point gap between Swindon and Poor Vale. So but um yeah, so, so what was the kind of chatter as we kinda of left the, the ground? What was that? So everyone, ha- I mean, everyone was pretty elated. Yeah, yeah, it
1: was it was good. We were sort of having a, having a chat about the game. It's just it was it's nice to go away not moaning, really, isn't it? And just talking about some yeah. of the good things that are happening. I think it was a lot of it. People being a bit expressing concern about Riley being injured, as I mentioned before, we we could do without not having him for a while. I know you like Grimmer, but I do think Riley's been one of the one of the good things about the way we've been playing attacking football. He's been offering a real good foil as an overlap, so that was a bit of a shame. But yeah, it was just everyone was just chuffed and, and happy and um yeah, it's quite interesting. I was just going back to what you were saying about the league table though, I think it's interesting. I was looking at it and I, I think that even up as far as Northampton, you can talk about teams being in the relegation battle. And that's the thing, isn't it? When we were six points adrift, you wouldn't have thought that we'd be looking at teams in like I think we're like I think I can where I have. Sixteenth. I think Northampton are like fourteenth or thirteenth. So you know, all those teams right up to there, within about six points of relegation now. So that's what our run has done, Ollie. It saved us. It might not have got us the safety cushion that we don't have to worry about relegation yet, but it has certainly put teams who are cruising. And they're the ones you worry about. The teams that were cruising through the season who are suddenly looking over their shoulders thinking, oh, we can't cruise anymore. And can you suddenly turn it back on like that? We know that we can. We're playing well week in, week out now and, and we're able to do the do the business. But teams like AFC Wimbledon, MK Dons, Northampton, they have to start getting results now. Or even like Vale, were cruising for a while, weren't they? And they've been dragged right down into it. So yeah. for me, that's the positive about the league the, the table. It's, it's that you know, the, the the odds of us being the, that team in the last place are much higher now because there's more teams involved.
0: Yeah, I'll, I'll be honest, um, obviously we look at the league table every week um, and I've, I'm really surprised to see Val that, that low. Um, it just shows you how that, you know, even Oldham, Oldham got 35 points, remember when we thought they were gone? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's it's. it's it's been a, um, there's been a lot of victories for the low, um, lower-placed um, lower teams. Um, and even I'd even go maybe even far to say that Charlton, who are 13th on 42 points. Yeah, you know, I looked at them as, as know, well. A couple of wins, and we can catch them in. So, yeah, it's, um, it's, it's going to go right down to the wire, I think. I think, yeah. um, I think the bottom three... Swindon, Chesterfield, and Coventry—I think will be gone. Um, but that final place is going to be um, really hard fought, unless someone just has an absolute stinker. Um, mm. Because yeah, it's um, it's going to be in- it's going to be interesting. Um, it's not going to be um, boring, that's for sure.
1: No. One team will have a stinker, and I, you know, can't see it being us the way we're playing and the way Hurst got them playing. Because you know. we're not going to be losing games by a massive amount of goals. We're going to ship maybe one or two and, and lose a game occasionally here and win a game game occasionally there. So, I, I think we're only looking at maybe I reckon two or three wins is probably going to be enough. Three wins is probably be enough now I reckon. And we've certainly got enough home games against teams that we sh- should be beating like Coventry soon and maybe even MK Dons away next weekend. You know, that, there's no reason why we can't go there and win the way we're playing. So let's just get them wins in the bank as soon as possible and stop stop worrying about it. But there we go. Yeah. That that's the lead anyway I did make some other observations. Ollie Wimbledon's yeah. away, away kit is one of the worst away kits I've ever seen. It's, it looked like lime, <laughs> lime green and black but I'm, I'm told it's actually two shades of green, uh, like a dark green and a lime green. It, it was absolutely horrific. So when they ran out in that, that was my first thing. I was like, oh my god, how have you got, how have you got to wear that every week? But um, there we go. Tyrone Barnett came on, Ollie, which was always interesting to see and he was just as ineffective as he did when he played against us for South End last season. So his career has not moved on since he left Shrewsbury. He didn't really do anything. Um yeah, um, I, I, the other thing I would say about Lutweiler, we were sort of briefly mentioning about the, the mistake in me, but another thing that was observed by a few people was his kicking was, again, bad. So, you know, the, the people out there that are knocking Lutweiler have still got that ammunition every week, but I think we've done that to death over the last few weeks, so we'll, we'll leave that there. Um, and for me, yeah. I couldn't... I, I, Roberts didn't do bad, but he was not. The best player on the pitch, and somehow he got the man of the match in the sovereign street. I know he short a, scored a free kick, but you know, essentially, that was a bit of a huge deflection. Um, he was he was isolated for a lot of the game. He did did a lot of running, but yeah, that was a bit bit weird. I didn't think he was that good. Um, and and to be honest, with the front two were isolated for quite a lot of the time, so that was a bit of a strange one. Um, and the other player I think it's probably worth talking about is Yates. As I say, a lot it was quite a mixed opinion on Yates. Few people thought he was good. I saw Lewis Cox put him in as for man of the match. Um for me he wasn't he was nowhere near that. Um but for me he was an average first showing. He wasn't absolutely awful, he wasn't stand out really, it was just a bit of an average first showing for me. So he looked quite committed. Um he as I said he looked like he was more of an attacking player but was forced to do Abo's role. Um and he also looked like he was about twelve, Ollie. He looked really <laughs> he looked really, really young. <laughs> did you see, did you see the Fulham versus Spurs game today? They brought on that Cessignon, he was sixteen years old. And he's really young looking. Yeah. Well, Yates looked even younger than that guy, if anyone watched that game today. So, um, yeah, he looks about 12 and, and he also looked a little bit lightweight as well, but he was committed in the tackle. So that was pretty good to see. So, The other weird thing about it was, considering how young he is and how little he's played for us, he seemed to be the one doing all the midfield organisation, which is obviously maybe one of the reasons why Hurst put him in. He was pointing people in directions, he was moving people around, so whether he was just doing that off his own bat to try and impress people in one of his first home performances, I don't know, but he seemed to be taking a bit of a leadership role, which was interesting. So... um yeah, there we go. He's highly uh, rated, isn't he? Yes, he is.
0: he is. When he signed, I looked on the internet and there was quite a lot of positive articles about him. So, yeah, maybe he's just got that natural leadership in his in his locker. So, yeah, I'll be interested to see how he goes on. And, yeah, while it's obviously good to get your opinion on him, I'm sure you'd agree it's obviously um, quite early on in his career and... Um, yeah give him a, a, a bit more time but no interesting to share your view and yeah for those who weren't at the game for those who are in Norway those in Dartmouth yeah <laughs> good to hear your views on, on him and yeah be interesting to see how he gets on in the next few weeks
1: yeah I'm not going to not gonna rule one player out I just think it was just worth this discussion really because he it was very split you know some people were quite negative some yeah. people were quite positive so interesting when a player does that and sort of splits fans quite as sort of polarised as it was really so he didn't make my top three this week Ollie if I just give you those I, I gave it to um Toto I thought he was really good at the back considering we under a lot of pressure, he was there or thereabouts to put players off and won his fair share ahead of some corners. And obviously, popping up with that vital goal, you know, that, that was pressure. That was he, he knew he was going to be getting the last chance of the game, probably. And I think he did brilliantly with his header. So I gave him man of the match. Um, I gave Deegan second place. He, he actually did step up, Ollie, considering Abu wasn't there. You know, a lot of the time it's Abu that yep. stands out in midfield. He really did step up. He was a bit more driven. He got forward. He played forward passes, which is rare. <laughs> um, won a lot of his tackles and, and really kept going when Wimbledon were attacking us all the time. He did provide that shield. So I gave Deeks in second. And then I gave Sadler third place. Again, I think he's just improving week on week and, and playing at that good level. And pretty similar to Toto without the goal, really. So he, he put a lot of challenges in and, and kept Marshall in the back line. And was skipper on Saturday as well, I think. I think he was skipper anyway. But, yeah, good performance all round. So... Um, yeah, it really shows it was the defensive-minded players that got my top threes this week.
0: Yeah, oh, fantastic. Good to hear. Mm. Um, yeah, it's interesting to have a few different faces in there. Um, yeah. And obviously, yeah, it's going to be see- interesting to see who's going to um, pick up the baton of a go-go um, mm. um, of the last few weeks. So, they will be interesting to see who starts as well against MK Dons next week. So, um, should we just share a few three-word match reports? Yeah. Um, so, if you... Few good ones, so um, I felt Lewis went for same old wombles, um which um, I think he's linking back to long ball football. Which Mark um, Mark Elliott ended up getting a bit of an argument um live on air, where he, he said that they were playing long ball hoof ball. Uh, oh, yeah, I think so. Exact words, but he was insinuating that and um, that they were, you know, quite physical and didn't really try to play. And he got a bit of abuse from their local radio station. So I thought that was quite funny.
1: Now, to be fair to their local radio station, I would agree with that. They had a big guy up front, but they actually played a lot, you know, they were not a sort of hoof merchant team, to be fair, so, yeah, I don't really, really disagree with Mark Elliott, but I thought they were pretty neat, to be honest with
0: you. Okay, interesting. Um, so we've got um, so Steve saying, um, got out four, um, Ad saying another three points, um, Trev saying game and one ugly. Um, one person was a little bit negative, um, and I might call him out, call him boring Barry, um, said post is <laughs> coming boring, so he's obviously getting a little bit fed up of the three-word match reports, but everyone seems <laughs> to be they get a lot of responses, so I'll carry on doing them. I think everyone enjoys them. Um, Cheer up, Barry! Yeah, someone said, "Yeah, exactly." Cheer up, Barry! So someone said, "Busy kicked out," so which we mentioned. <laughs> yeah. um, Sack the ref. Um, ref needs shooting. Um, and yeah so a lot, of bit, a lot about fighting a lot about grit a lot about the ref um, a bit quite similar to, to what you said so far Gwyn so yeah there were three word match reports
1: yeah there was, there was quite a few of them I saw one about pies I can't remember what it was now but apparently someone bought a pie yeah, on Saturday pie and there was pie no gate. filling in I it heard about this there was no filling in it and they took it back and got another pie and it also didn't have any filling in it so you know it cost cutting is one thing but you know removing the actual filling from pies is probably going a step too far but I'm sure that the guy that stepped up to say I'm the comm- caterer and manager if you've got any problems please talk to me I've got everything in hand obviously he, he's not checking his pies has he so he needs to get checking your pies mate I but, uh, where those
0: fillings are gone I bet I, bet I know where they, those fill-ins have gone to the Sovereign Club haven't they that's where they've gone <laughs>
1: maybe maybe so, bitter. <laughs> um, so yeah, that wasn't great. <laughs> but then I, I did say, Ollie last season we were getting so pies with bolts in them, weren't we? So, you know, it's, at least they won't kill you, these pies. So that's a good start. But there we go. That was the other one I saw, but I can't remember what it was now. But, yeah, it's, 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 I think the pool in match reports are always good fun. So um, that was good. You, you've just listened to Paul Hurst's comments, didn't you, just before we did the podcast. I've not had a chance to yet. Any, yep. any other things from that you want to pick up?
0: No, he was honest, as always. He said that, um, you know, fantastic three points, the group defended well. Um, he said the performance set not kid ourselves. We didn't impose ourselves to the game. Um, he also commented about the pitch as well; wasn't fantastic. Um, he said he said yeah. we, he he said himself that we would have lost the game um, early on under his tenure, um, but it was a pleasure to have won. He said, "You know, we won't play like like that every game." Um, no. So yeah, so again, pretty some stewed points. Uh, nothing out of the ordinary, or no, yeah good summary of what you said and um yeah it was quite funny he was also giving um, Lewis Cox some some banter because um obviously the uh, the timing of the match report meant that Lewis Cox would have to have written his match report all over again <laughs> so um, he took quite a lot of delight with his cheeky smile um, his yeah, cheeky Yorkshire banter so yeah it was quite funny so so yeah that was a Paul Hurst comment so yeah he's always he's always good to listen to yeah
1: it's good stuff i, I, I say I was I actually walked home from the match this weekend I couldn't listen to him because I think he came on quite quick he's normally quite quick to come on with one isn't he so by the time I got him, I think yeah. he'd already finished talking so that was that really so yeah there we go a win positivity moving on at the table um, getting Vale into more trouble happy days um, so yeah I think that covers it really Ollie. so I think we'll move on to sat-up news now
0: Well Shrewsbury are definitely in the ascendancy here's Lynch he's got that he's got in
1: unbelievable two in two minutes 3-1
0: so Salop news. So, unfortunately, um, there was um, the announcement. They have, I think they announced like three minutes after of two. Um, so, not to give um, um, Wimbledon any thought that Gogo might be playing. Yeah. Um, and he said that he's out, of the, out for the rest of the season. And her said that's very sad. So, what's your view on um, Abs's injury?
1: Well, it is sad, isn't it? it? You know, of all the players that had probably been... The most impressive across across the season, other than maybe Brown, but also Underhurst particularly, was probably a go go, and he he really had been the linchpin in the midfield, and he the player that we were relying on, and um and had been doing fantastic and, and leading the team really. So I I think it's a it's a real big miss, and it's it's probably not going to derail us, but you know. Probably means we won't get in the playoffs now, Ollie. <laughs> but um, yeah, it is sad, yeah. and it's always bad when when one of your, when your better players gets injured. It's very similar to when Weslowski and um, Knight Percival got their knee injuries, wasn't it? They were players who were key players that we were we were really sort of um, uh, relying on at times, weren't we? And, and it was sad for them, and even worse for Weslowski when he got injured again. But um, yeah, not good to see. It was it was not good to see the photos of him with the sort of knee brace. He's got a huge knee brace on, hasn't he? Because I think he's had he's either had some sort of operation or they've just sort of secured him up. So yeah, it was sad to see on a Saturday, and I, and I wish him all the best and I'm sure all Shrewsbury fans do yeah no
0: definitely um, and then also there was a few other things that announced weren't they last this week as well so what were those yeah
1: well not two important things they're going to be a, a Paul no. Hurst Q&A coming up in March which is good because we've not really had a chance as a, as a fan base sit down with a manager and hear his thoughts and, and get to ask him some questions about his football philosophies you know we've learnt lots as we've gone on but I think now he's got us past a point where we were sort of desperately in trouble at the bottom of the table and wouldn't have probably been a good time to talk to the fans now i think it's good that Shrewsbury town have got around to sorting that out and it's been one of the things i believe the sports parliament have been driving for for a long time as well so it's good that that's all coming together and it's going to be um going to be on radio Shropshire as usual for an hour i think and then there's going to be sort of a chance afterwards for other questions that's just going to be for the room to hear so i will if i'm around hopefully it's on a on a shuesday or a monday when i'm actually in Shrewsbury, i will be going to that ollie and uh yeah i might take a, a, a sort of um might take the recorder down and speak to a few fans about it afterwards to see what they thought and maybe get something for the podcast so yeah I'd encourage everyone to go I've been to them before if you've never been it's always always good to just sort of see what the manager's saying and feel that passion really
0: yeah I'll have to check the, the diaries Um, as you know we both travel a bit don't we? we work so yeah I'd like to go but um we'll see but yeah it'd be good to for you to to share um the thoughts and the summary with everyone so that would be good um
1: the other thing was Aldi slash Lidl I can never remember which bloody one of these budget supermarkets I think it's is Lidl isn't it I think it's Little. yeah oh, it's just an ongoing joke on blue it? and amber <laughs> that I just always put the wrong one so <laughs> there we go um but yeah delayed again um not enough information by the sounds of it but, um uh, pff, who knows really it's dragged on a little bit longer than i thought it would have been having my job sort of in that industry and um it seems a bit strange but i still think that this is more personally my reading of it is this is more of a little bit of a sidestep and a, and a bump in the road but you know any consultant worth their sort of um salt you know worth worth their time would should be able to get this plan application through now just with a bit more negotiation and Shrewsbury Town stumping up some sort of business case for what they're going to do with the 3G pitch and how it's going to run and why it's needed and who's going to be using it. So maybe just providing a little bit more information is probably going to get it over the line. So I can still see it happening at some point, but I think it's probably frustrating the football club. And I think that Brian came out and did a video, didn't he? Saying you know they instantly sort of put a Twitter Twitter tweet out saying we're very disappointed by the decision of the councillors, and then did a YouTube video to follow it up, which probably is just going to put councillors' backs up more than anything, but. I'm sure they know what they're doing, so I can see that coming down the line, Ollie, still.
0: And then there was a final one you've put here, a stats website.
1: So what's Yeah, that? No, I was just looking at the stats website. I thought you might have looked at it. I, 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 it was just basically to say that you're right. You know, you'd probably, you'd probably pretty much mentioned it through it, but that win, again, puts us to the top of the form table over the last six games. Yep. Um, and it puts us second in the form table over the last ten games. And also, for home games, it puts us top over the last ten games and six games. And you were sort of mentioning, I think, on Twitter that he's now got a sort of win ratio that means per game he's getting us 1.65 points or something like that. Yeah. But for home games, it's even higher. Do
0: you know where that would put us? So uh, I did my boring little geeky maths <laughs> thing again um, with Excel and um, that would have put us ahead of Bradford.
1: Wowzers. It's just
0: phenomenal. Yeah, that yeah, is so come in, not And then also, you can people, people will say, oh yeah, I mean, so a few people gave us a little bit of abuse for these kind of kind of um, theories and kind of like, you know, just playing with our numbers. But I think it's good to put it in context of where yeah. it would be. But also he's turned a team round that was heading to, you know, bottom of the league, heading to relegation. So it is just, he's an absolute miracle worker. So it'd be really fascinating to see what he does with a full summer, full summer pre-season um, and what yeah. he does um, and see how good a manager he is. And yeah, let's, let's not talk too far into the no. future, but yeah, it's very positive and good to see us. At the top I think of the that's it
1: it's interesting when you say about looking forward and getting excited because one of the other things that sort of I've I've found quite interesting to think about and and what could potentially happen down the line is obviously Paul Hurst is a Rotherham legend you know that's where he played pretty much all his career and I think he played over 300 games for them and is massively well received well liked there you know he would get a hero's welcome like Mickey Mellon did when he went back to do you know what I mean Now, you know what the situation of Rotherham is at the moment, Ollie. They are currently without a manager. They've put a caretaker manager in charge. They're basically relegated from the Championship, so there's no reason for them to put a new manager in charge now, is there? You know, they might as well let the caretaker do a, a sort of Mike Jackson job. Now, come the summer. I wouldn't be surprised, you know, and I don't want to talk Paul Hurst out of the football club because I think he's brilliant. He's done fantastic so far, but for Rotherham, he's got to be a very attractive offer, hasn't he? You know, in terms of their next manager and that that's my only concern about getting too excited about next season because it might not happen. So, yeah, it would be interesting to see what happens with Rotherham over the next few weeks because if they don't put a manager in charge, it's got to just leave that little worry at the back of our mind because we don't know what contract Hurst is on here. Most of our managers seem to be working on a sort of one-year rolling contract, don't they? So, you know, that doesn't leave us much wiggle room in terms of getting compensation, I guess. But we don't know, so we're just judging it. But, yeah, interesting to see where we, where he goes and, and where we go and where Rotherham go going forward, I guess.
0: Yeah, it's it's, it's an interesting point, uh, a bit of a worry. Um, I'd, well, being positive, I'd hope that Hurst would be thinking... I wouldn't want to go to a... Well, let's, just, let's assume they get relegated. Yeah. I wouldn't want to go to a fellow League One team. Um, you know He's got a lot of confidence in his own ability that he'd want to go to a championship club. So, yeah, yeah. hopefully he's um, settled down and he wouldn't want to go. But, yeah, it is a um, an interesting one. I think if he was, say, like a Sheffield United fan uh, and played there... You know a bigger club like that, I'd be very yeah. worried, so yeah, yeah it's, a, it's an interesting point.
1: Money talks though, doesn't it? It's, it seems like the managers from over that side like of the country are doing pretty well, aren't they? Because obviously, we've nicked Hurst from Grimsby and he's doing really well. And obviously, saw the Lincoln result at the weekend as well with that. Um, Carrie, isn't it their manager? It's like brothers, isn't it? And yeah, I remember we spoke to Sam Morris on the podcast, didn't we, all that time back? And he said he was the manager from the, the East Midlands because he was covering well, from east eastern side of the country because he was covering that for a local paper at the time. And he said he was the manager he, we should have been looking at. So it seems they like both, both Hurst and, and the guy from Lincoln are Probably going to have good careers ahead of them, both young lads, and they seem to be doing it in a different way. So yeah, maybe that's the that's the that's the place to be getting your managers from from now on. So there we go. Maybe he'll end up at Rotherham. So yeah, I think that will sort of cover the news. Really, it wasn't too much this week, and we'll just quickly go to predictions and, and cover this off, Ollie. So I'm just reading through here. We obviously both predicted South to win. I went first to win three nil. You went two nil. So obviously it was uh, obviously it was a win for Shrewsbury. So we both got a point this week. So it leaves it 25-21, Ollie. So um, probably just worth saying, Aid got it completely right as well, didn't he last week?
0: <laughs> he did. He should have put. A, he should have put a bet on. Um, so yeah. So we're a fair pair to Aid um, for that one. But actually, I forgot to mention something in the news. Um, your favourite favourite player in the whole world. Oh yeah, he signed to a new club. Ian Black away. went to, to went to car crash that is Blackpool. So <laughs> let's not say anything else. Let's move no. on. But I thought it was interesting just for fans to know that he has found a new club. Um, oh so, well, that, that is yeah. true.
1: I, if I should say I'm going to Blackpool tomorrow. It would be amazing if I bumped into him in one of the, in one of the arcades. <laughs> spending all his money that he's got from Blackpool because he's got nothing better to do in Blackpool because it's a grim place in the middle of February. But there we go, it's half term, so I'm taking my kids for a little trip away this week and we're we're going via Blackpool for a day. So, um, yeah, maybe I'll bump into my favourite player of all time um, and see what he's up to. So, yeah, we've got predictions for the next game, which is obviously playing MK Don's away next Saturday, aren't we, Ollie? So, yeah, as you're ahead, I'll let you go first again this week.
0: Um, I'm going to go for... I'm going to go with my head no and my head and my heart so a bit of a mixture i'm gonna go for a one all i'm gonna go for a one all draw you bite yourself glenn
1: okay i'm um, i'm confident that we'll, we'll get at least a point i think that's probably something i would have gone for as well but just to make it interesting Ali, are we more likely to win or more likely to lose i, I don't know i'm gonna go for us to win 1-0 I think I think let's keep Ooh. this this rolling now. You know we're we're in such good form. You know they're going to be worrying about us coming to play. I don't think they're in the best of form. either, they just having looked at the table earlier on today. But um, yeah, I'm going to I'm going to try and make this a bit different now so we get a definitive win. It's always the end of the season, Ollie. So I'm going <laughs> to go for us to win. I'm going to be the positive one. I've always been the positive one. All the chips are in. Yeah, the chips yeah. are in. <laughs> go all in. There we go. So yeah, we should we should look forward to MK I, don't, I might. There's an outside chance I might go to Dons next Saturday. So um, yeah, me
0: too. I I was saying to my girlfriend, i would missed two games and she was almost saying like, yeah, you're not a real fan. So maybe I might <laughs> yeah. use that as a as a, as a token to go to this one. So, yeah, I've been there before. So it's always a good and it's quite an interesting stadium and a setup. up. They did lose 1-0 at home to Fleetwood. Yeah. So your favourite, one of your other favourite yeah. places, go Fleetwood. Fleetwood. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so maybe I'll meet you there, Glenn. And um, yeah, yeah um, we'll um, have a we'll maybe do some ink for the pod again. Um, maybe half time comments always or a bit
1: galling to put money into into the franchise as we call them isn't it because you know it, what they did yeah. to FC Wimbledon was not great and you know they, they've always got that stigma about them but it's it's not a hard game to get game to really isn't it you can just bomb down on the motorway so I may well come I may well take the kids so we shall see. Either way, we've got plenty of people offering their support on the podcast, haven't we? And we should just mention yep. we've gone through ten thousand listens this season now, Ollie, which is a fantastic place to have got to so far, considering <laughs> in July this year, me and you knew nothing about podcasts and this did not exist. So, yeah, we should just say thank you to every single one of that's listened this season um, to get us up to ten thousand. And yeah, we shall keep going for the rest of the season and hopefully, make, you know, get to the twenty k mark at some point, which would be which would be brilliant.
0: So, yeah, I think that was it. So, um, yeah, two games. Um three points. Um Hearst Barmy Army carries on. Um and yeah, thanks guys for listening. Um and yeah, we'll be back next week, won't we, Glint?
1: Yep, we shall catch you all next week. Have a good week, guys. Cheers. Oh!